number one, obviously, all glory to God. And then there's a campus, the most efficient organization on the planet. I mean, I'm going to put a plug in because I think we're in the damn state of Iowa. Bobby Telford, I'm the baddest man on the planet. What's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register, tag teaming with Jason Bryant from Matt Talk Online. Jason, happy May 23rd. It's a Tuesday today. What shirt you got on today? Today, I'm going with the Life University Women's Wrestling Program and uh, the hat assist, the hat assist to West Delaware. So I throw a little Iowa. This is one of my favorite hats. So I, I don't know. Remember how Coach Voss got it to me? I think I saw it on Twitter and I'm like, Dude, I want one. And next thing you know, I sent him the 20, 25 bucks, whatever it was. And yes, I do buy a lot of my gear, by the way, folks. So uh, it's the dad hat. So it's like the me- it's like I don't like using the trucker because it just fits perfectly. The legacy like, yeah, uh, I've got a couple t- styles of this particular hat. But yeah, I, I rock this one quite frequently in the uh, the non tournament sphere. So this is in my regular rotation just off screen. I've probably got about 150 hats above me, but uh, Life University Women's Wrestling head coach Ashley Sword Flavin. I've known her since she was in high school and she randomly emailed me when I was doing a petition drive back in Virginia when I was uh, year four of college, year four of seven. Again, I was uh, I made it cool before uh, what's his name? Stetson Bennett did. Uh, she was a senior in high school in Longwood University. Well, now then Longwood College was a Division II school, and they dropped wrestling. And I was organizing a petition drive to get you know here's a bunch of students that are never going to apply to the school, and here's the, the adults that are never going to say that uh, my kids and my my nieces nephews they're never going to apply because schools like that are enrollment driven. And she sent an email from what I thought might have been another friend's like AOL account. And of course, back then when you had AOL, you instantly like add them to your buddy list and like just instant message right away. No, it was not my friend Lucia. No, it was my friend and my new friend Ashley from Florida who was pushing Longwood College to not cut the men's wrestling program, but add women's wrestling. And this is in 2000, 2001. And that is how our relationship started. And we've been friends now for 20 something years. And uh, she's a head college coach down there at Life University Women, and, uh, you know, they they won the National Duels a couple of years ago, the same year, uh, Omi and the men's team, which will be my shirt later today. So I've got the uh, the big peach life wrestling shirt for later today. But uh, I've known Ashley longer. She gets top billing. And I know that uh, life is a four-letter word in Grandview territory for both men and women. So, uh, yeah. So I figured I'd, I'd balance it out with the West Delaware hat. I'm wearing the – I'm going to move my camera a little bit. Thomas Gilman world champ shirt from nice. 2021. Um, crossing off the wrestling show today in May, beginning like we had here. Um, two, yeah, we are going to, we're not going to talk too much NAI wrestling today after that. We are going to discuss the World Team Trials. Um, the World Team Trials Challenge Tournament, where we saw a lot of really good wrestling this weekend. Then we'll touch on a handful of other wrestling things in the media that kind of come to mind. I've got a list like we always do, and we'll see what we get to, but. Let's Cody is much more trials, prepared maybe. than I am. If I were to have to drive the show on it, like okay, I, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I at least I get the text. I don't have a doc. I don't have a, a Trello board. I don't have an Evernote or a shared, you know, iPhone notes or anything. Just, uh, just good old, good old fashioned text message, the way mom and dad used to do it. I have a yeah for people who want a little bit of insight, I guess, into how the sausage is made. Like 
every Monday or sometimes Tuesday, I just text JB and I'm like, Hey, what's your week look like? Um, we figure out a day, then we figure out what to talk about where we're just kind of trading, you know, what, what should we mention? What should we discuss? Like what's, what's kind of the big topic, obviously today with the world team trials challenge, it's kind of the big topic that we'll start with today. And then we just kind of, you know, riff back and forth, like what's, you know, what are things that happened in the last week? What should we touch on? What are we hoping to get to what's important? Um, and then we fire this bad boy up and then we go. Um, so who knows where it'll go after we discuss the wrestling from this weekend, but that's where I kind of wanted to start things, man. There was a, again, a lot of really, really good wrestling, three men's freestyle weights, four women's freestyle weights, all 10 Greco weights, final X matchups are set. We'll look at those here in just a minute, but what were your initial impressions of the world team trials challenge tournament from this past weekend? I still want to, um, pump the brakes on the people that were complaining. Now, again, I, I realized that in the world of social media and don't reading the comments where you do read the comments, this is probably the very vocal of minorityist minorities. If that is a, is a term, uh, those that were complaining about this event being held at discovery Canyon high school. Okay. I, you know, look at the optics of where the cameras were and what did you see? You saw bleachers full of people. Now take the same amount of people that were in discovery Canyon high school, which is just North of the city proper of Colorado Springs, still in the Colorado Springs uh, city limits, but put that in any large arena that uh, put that in extreme arena and you get what is, what looks empty. You get people going, Oh, it's empty. Well, then you get people, well, why aren't people coming? Okay. Discovery Canyon, two mats. It was made for streaming and the people that showed up, showed up. They got good seats. You know, I had talked about the technology as that was one of the, the, uh, you know, 10 years ago when I lived out there, it was a, uh, it was one of those next level type of schools. I thought it was a fine facility, at least from a viewing standpoint. Um, you know, you don't get the bells and whistles with the walkouts and the smoke, but this is a qualifying tournament to get to something where you have the bells and whistles. So I thought optically it looked good. It was easy to follow, you know, two mats. It's small, it's compact. It's good. You had, you know, the Greco ran the first day. You had the freestyle men and women on the second day. It was really easy viewing. Um, you know, times were posted pretty easily and it was, it was just easy watching. I dude, honestly, I thought the crowd was great. Like, and I know that it was smaller than what the U S open was, what extreme arena can be for certain events for, you know, what final X is presumably going to be in New Jersey. I know that those folks up there love their wrestling and they're going to show out, especially with all 30 weights going to be decided under one roof. But just like, you know, the camera obviously made for streaming. Like you said, the camera didn't pan to the crowd a lot, but like in the background, when I was looking, I was like, dude, those stands look full. Mm -hmm. Like that's, you know, like, and I'm sure there wasn't a ton of people that flew out to Colorado Springs, but there was a handful, right? But just like, you know, so I'm just assuming that there was a lot of local interest there. Um, maybe, maybe. There yeah, we still get, know, it's still that. a friends and family sport, as some people say it. So like at the college level, it's it's mostly a friends and family sport. And, you know, you have the event, you, you put the venue, uh, you put the event in a venue that is fitting for your event. Uh, and then, you know, that, that may be going back to curtain gate back in the day when, when Kale was the head coach at Iowa state about, uh, you know, creating demand and it's, you know, you create some demand. And now if, if this tournament actually grows to the point where it becomes a real spectator event, then you can in branch out. I think putting it in the Springs is perfect. I think, uh, you know, putting it in a high school is fine. Okay. Yeah. These are professional elite athletes, but guess what? Some of these high school gyms we have in the United States or even right there in Colorado Springs are bigger than some of the facilities that we've had these international ranking series events in. I mean, I remember the Junior World Championships in Pattaya, Thailand, which uh, Pattaya, Pattaya, it's another that's another side story entirely, was in a like an, a gym, an open air kind of gym 
where birds are flying in and, and crapping on the mat. I mean, it was like, you know, it was humid. It was, you know, you know, the, the doors actually didn't close in the facility. I don't think it actually could close up because of, you know, it was a tropical climate there in Thailand. But I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it, for lack of a better term, the place was a dump. And, you know, we the, the place in Trinava was really small. It was cool, but it was compact and it was tight. And here's the thing. You don't necessarily need a 15,000 seat arena for every single wrestling event. So I think this type of event, it's at a high school. Get over it. It was fine. Were there people that were actually mad about that? Cause yeah, were, yeah. I, I guess I didn't. The people I need to not pay attention to, and I've wasted probably too much time on the show talking about like the three loud people on Twitter. Okay, I because you I, you've said that now you said it again or I, the message I, board. I, I don't know. It's you know. Well, I don't I don't go on message boards. Can, um, I can blame is, Earl and Willie for resurrecting that train wreck. No. <laughs> see, dude, I, I Willie loves his message boards. And I, I, I know, I know. I the thing is, I'm still wondering. Nobody's old enough to actually understand the actually the Husker Du reference anyway. Um, you know, like, <laughs> you know, get the underground, you know, grunt, not grunge punk band from, from the, the eighties. Yikes. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm way too, I'm way too young for that. But, um, so the event, the, the event I thought was great. The, the crowd I thought was good for what it was. Obviously it accomplished the goal of figuring out the final X matchups when it came to the actual wrestling, who, who stood out the most to you, who impressed you the most? I, I think you have to start with nation Garrett. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, yes, there was a lot of Greco to take take uh, consideration of, but I think Nation coming from the five seed and you know beating Dayton Fix, beating Austin DeSanto, who uh, you know as as um, Mugatu would say, so hot right now. Uh, he was he was on fire coming in, and I, you know somebody forgot to tell Nation he's not supposed to win these things, and he you know he won this thing, and he's uh, it's going to be Cornell on Cornell crime at Final X, which is going to be pretty cool. I think you know that, and that's also going to be a draw for the Cornellians. Uh, up in up in the east uh, eastern part of the United States. I mean, not everybody that that goes to Cornell is from Ithaca. We know that, but there's a very very good East Coast contingent there that uh, where the Cornell alum live, and you know they 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 show up well for for hockey games in Madison Square Garden. So let's see where the wrestling crowd can show up at at the Prudential Center for some Cornell on Cornell. You know, you're gonna have a Cornell guy on the world team. That much is is certain. I thought uh, Zahid at 92 was also like okay, so. I don't want to say I called it, but I did kind of worry. I told you I worried about Tanner Sloan and Nate Jackson, and that kind of broke that bracket open down low. Um, you know, Zahid came through; his quickness was there, and just wasn't close. I mean, it, it, this version of Zahid I like, and we'll we'll see what that version of Zahid does with with Mock the Mayor at ninety two at Final X. And um, I mean, heavyweight was 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 just fantastic. Watch, I think all three freestyle weights were men's freestyle weights were just fantastic but again i think the big op- eye-opening performance on the men's side was nation garrett yeah no and i have here's some fun stats about nation because he i know we had mentioned him last week before the tournament um obviously he he made us look really really good um outscored nato DeSanto, and dayton fix by a combined 32 to 4 if you go back to the u.s open his only loss has been to Vito, and that was nine to two he's outscored everybody else 78 to four. And that includes beating NATO, beating DeSanto, beating Fix. But also, here's who he beat at the open uh, Shelton Mack, Cody Brewer, Daniel DeShazer, NATO again. Like, this is as good as we've seen him. And it's interesting. I was talking to Kyvan Gadsden earlier this week, just kind of about, you know, 
what what we kind of thought from the world team trials and and he made the point that you know nation you know i i think DeSanto probably over the course of this freestyle season i suppose i think DeSanto opened a lot of eyes showed that this is something that he can do he had some really good international results obviously he made the finals at the open and one of those big results was storming back to beat nation right it was one of those internet i think it was at the deglin um out in france and so nation got up big we know that DeSanto has that gas tank where he's going to come the entire six minutes. Not sure that Nation was maybe in as good a shape, clearly, as he is now. But, I mean, that was clearly, that type of loss was kind of a wake-up call, I thought, for Nation. Um, at least that's the idea that kind of Kaivin put in my head. And, you know, that's something that he learned from because he was up big enough to where, you know, he, he nearly tech-falled DeSanto back when they wrestled initially. This time, he gets up big again, right? He's up 8-0 within the first minute. And he has the wherewithal to go get that final takedown and win the match and just put it away. Because when you're, we all know when you're up in freestyle, when you're up big and you have an opportunity to go get that technical fall, you got to do it. Nation was able to do that this time. He looked really, really good. I'm really excited to see what kind of adjustments he makes before he wrestles Vito at Final X. Shout out to the to Cornell, right? Because Johnny's also waiting in Final X. Um, so it'll be kind of fun to see. I, hey, Cornell could have two guys on the world team for, you know, this, this could be a really fun little stretch for them after their stellar performance at NCAAs. But, yeah, no, I'm really glad you brought up Nation. They've also got a guy named Cornell. Dake, too. Um, you know, he's Cornell guy. Yeah, I guess that's three. <laughs> he's a lion now. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, he's Cornell, but it's also, you know, like, I think the same thing about Kyle Snyder. Like, yeah, he went to Ohio State, but he's at Nittany Lion now. So it's just, you know, I need to rewire my brain to remember. It's because you think out. like, oh, that's who they're, they're, you tie the club now with where they're at instead of like most of our college fans just do what I did. No, nah, Dick's Cornell. College is the <laughs> end of that. That's the end all be all, you know? Snyder's always going to be a Buckeye. Well, although Gilman may be the exception, the Hawkeye faithful have kind of like cast him to pasture, uh, you know, based on, uh, you know, Gilmanisms. So who knows? But. There's a lot of people that are still kind of heard about that, like Iowa fans, but there's also a lot of Iowa fans who are like, yeah, like he's like, I'm, they're happy that he's doing well. Um, you know, Gilman and I are the same age. Like I'm happy he's doing well. Like clearly he's figured something out since he made that move. Weird um, flex, but uh, hey, me and Kikinov are the same age, so uh, maybe you know I'm slightly older. We're both we're both 43. So. Did you did you wrestle him when you guys were both in high school? Because Gilman and I, he would have. There were times when he came down to Kansas City because dear God, really no. Yeah. So, okay, so yeah, Gil Gilman and I like used to wrestle back when we were like middle school, high school. Like you know, once a week he'd come down to Kansas City. We'd scrap for a week, and there was this is kind of funny. The first time we wrestled. It was really even, you know, I, we were probably in like seventh grade or I was in seventh grade. He was in sixth grade or something like that. Um, and it was even. And then the next year he came back and just laid it on me. And that was one of the first times where I was like, there are levels to this game and I am not making those same jumps. So um, you're so, telling me you peaked in seventh grade. Wrestling wise. Yes, yeah. Okay. Probably. Got you. Cause uh, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even wrestling in seventh grade. I mean, I, 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 you can say you wrestled a world champ. Best guy I ever wrestled was a guy named Andre Elliott. I think he was a state champ and it might state runner up. And in my first ever wrestling match, he came to the tournament looking for our starter because it was the only guy in the area he hadn't beaten. And he gets me and I'm wearing my state wrestling tournament shirt to the Bethel open. Cause it's an open tournament. I've been practicing like well, two practices. I, I weigh in at two Oh eight. I mean, I'd love to weigh two Oh eight again. 
And of course, I'm the kid who goes and talks to his opponent before the match and was like, hey, how long have you been wrestling? Forever? Oh, man. He goes, hey, turn around, and there's a finger in my back. And like I said, I'm wearing a state tournament shirt. There I am. Oh, how'd you do? I was third this year. I was second last year. Crap. You know, so yeah, Andre Elliott, uh, Northampton High School, Eastern Shore. Uh, I made it about two and a half minutes because apparently coach before the match told him to go easy on me. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's my, 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 my scrap. Other than, uh, you know, I did actually practice with an Olympic champ when I was at the training center. Steve Frazier grabbed me one day and goes, hey, let's pummel. I'm like, oh, this is 50-some years old, and he's just boom, boom, beating the crap out of me and just, just, just tying up. Jeez. Yeah, I was not good at this. I'm good at what I do here because I sucked at that. One thing I love about wrestling podcasts is they can easily um, devolve into guys remembering dudes podcasts. Um, And there is no better example of that than one, what we just did, but two, virtually every wrestling podcast known to man. Um, Nation looked great at 61. Um, Wanted to give a shout out to Nate Jackson and Eric Schultz at 92. They both lost in the first round, wrestled all the way back. Um, Nate ended up beating Schultz for third. Um, but yeah, real impressed with Zahid. Also at heavyweight, Mason Paris looked great, but I was also really impressed with Wyatt Hendrickson. I know he ended up fourth. That semi was, was nasty. Even, that was amazing. That was awesome. And we shouldn't be super surprised because Hendrickson has, has had age level success. And obviously he was a terror in the folk style season, but I mean, that was kind of like, all right, like this dude, he's re he's, he's here. He's legit. This is, this is going to be a, like. He's got a long freestyle career ahead of him after what we've seen the last, you know, especially this past weekend. Like he's, he's good, man. We knew that, but like, hell yeah, he's good. Yeah. I, I mean, um, it's thing is to, to rehash that match is just like, I remember I was like, I had clicked off of it. I was, I was, I think I was, I was coming back from the zoo with my daughters and, you know, I was watching in the car. Thankfully my wife drove because I walked around the zoo with my kids for two hours and I'm sitting there watching we get there, there's the break. And then uh, we're, I think we were getting into the car. It was like something I was watching. I was like looking away and I had the ear pod in earbud in. And next thing I'm like, and I, I'm flip looking at the discord and I hear or message boards, checking the boards. And I hear Holy Paris. And I went, so I pulled it back up or no Holy Hendrickson or something like that. And I went back and look, it was like, and then you know, of course there's a delay. So I get back and I actually caught it right as the sequence started. I'm like, no, 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 he's out. No, he's still going. He's still going. He's still Okay. And then they rolled it back, but it was like, Okay, rolling the big man around like that. Uh, freakish strength at that weight class. Also, speaking of that weight class, there is a little bit of discussion about the current crop of heavyweights. Uh, I know uh, the reattack like likes to poke the bear a little bit on Twitter, and it's like, you know, there's an argument going that this group of heavyweights, I think, with Stevenson and Paris and all them and Gwiz are, is superior than any group of heavyweights we've seen. Of course, now the argument's like, McCoy, Neil, and then for some reason somebody wants to throw in Lesnar. Okay, Lesnar has zero international chops. So okay, he got an NCAA title and he was a freak, uh, and he was, and I mean, and he could just you know pop everybody's skulls just by flexing. But yeah, this is the best group of heavyweights we've 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 seen in some time, if ever. Yeah, well, I mean, just you know, Gwiz, Paris, Cassiope, Hendrickson, Dom Bradley's there. Obviously, Gables at, at Final X. You know, and there are so many other heavyweights that have had age level success. Zach Elam, Junior World Silver. Um, you know, who else? Greg Kirkfalia, Cadet World. He's Cadet World medalist. Yeah, I mean, I mean Ty Walls was uh, back and forth between weights. He just hung him up. Uh, great dude, by the way. Uh, really got to, got a got got a chance to to know Ty when he's wrestling at Virginia Tech with my Virginia Tech show. But 
You know, I mean, that guy, he's got, you know, age group world medals too. And, you know, talking about some of the best weight classes, I mean, most athletic, dynamic, I mean, guys that learned how to wrestle, not, uh, you know, let's go back in time to my, my, probably my, I don't want to say my least favorite heavyweight, but the guy that personified a very boring Aaron heavyweights was John Lockhart from Illinois, whose full name was John Lockhart in overtime. I mean, he went in an overtime with a refrigerator once and won the toss. So, uh, you know, that era of heavyweight long gone, we've got, you know, active, mobile, aggressive, fun to watch heavyweights. I mean, heavyweights are going to shoot and score. I love it. Yeah. Final thought on here before we move to the women's freestyle. Um, when it comes to the heavyweights, I've had this conversation with Cassiopeia a few different times and, you know, he's not one to talk too much about things like this, but I could tell he kind of gave this idea, some serious thought. Um, you go back probably a decade ago. 10, 15 years ago, something like that. Guys of this size, like these heavyweight wrestlers, are probably playing football. Even a handful of the 97 pounders who kind of float between 92 and 97 kilos when it comes to freestyle, they're probably all playing football. They're really good defensive linemen. They're really good, you know, middle linebackers, guys who can like play in the A gap. And we probably don't see them on the wrestling mat. For whatever reason, Wrestling is popular enough, and especially the heavyweights are far more popular enough that people, I think, appreciate really, really good heavyweight wrestling now because they wrestle, you know, a little bit more like the little guys. And so now we're seeing these amazing athletes. You know, we're seeing guys bulk into heavyweight because they're not afraid to just get bigger now. But also, like, we're just seeing really tremendous athletes, and we're seeing it now still at the high school level. There's a lot of really, really good heavyweight wrestlers or guys that will eventually become heavyweights when they get to college who, you know, a Ben Keeter, a Nick Feldman, 10, 15 years ago, those guys probably specifically play football and we don't get to see them on the wrestling mat. So just kind of adds to the idea that like, this is really, really cool time to be watching heavyweights collegiately, heavyweights when it comes to the senior level, all the age level stuff through USA Wrestling. Um, we as wrestling fans, I think, should should really take the time to appreciate the the amount of talent at the heavyweight level. Um you know, on the mats nowadays at all levels. It's, it's been really, really fun to watch. Yeah. And in heavyweights internationally, like if Mian Lopez would have been born in the United States, he'd have been playing middle linebacker for your Kansas city chiefs at some point. I mean, geez, that guy, that guy is like hall of fame, athletic ability in anything he chose to do. And it was Greco Roman wrestling. So yikes. Think about, think about that uh, guy coming at you. If you've got a football coming through the hole, uh -uh. I, I don't, I don't want to, he's, no. he's like, he's like three times of me. Um, He's exactly three years younger than me, so I will always know exactly how old he is. Uh, I think the UWW headline for his story during the Tokyo Olympics was too big to fail. Um, and I was just like, yep, yep, that's that sounds about right. Um, well done. Women's freestyle. Women's freestyle. Yeah, shout out to uh, Olenowski for that one. I believe he was the writer on that one. Women's freestyle, four weights, 55, 59, 68, 76. I mean, we probably got to start with 76, right? Because Adeline Gray looked amazing fantastic incredible what i what word do you use to describe it because i don't think those do it justice almost back to form i still think she's uh you know a half a step behind where she thinks she would be uh i you know got behind early against kylie welker but you know seasoned crafty veteran you get you know that 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 take down you know her single leg you know there it's like a like that little standing sweep where she you know that high single is like effective and it doesn't look as quick as it actually is and effective and then you know knows her leverage knows her angles got down and then as soon as you saw her with a leg in her leg in her arms you're like uh oh 
And I think Kylie Walker also went, uh-oh, because uh, once that lace hit up, um, she didn't end the match with the lace, but pretty much got it to where, uh, yeah, now, kid, you're going to have to come after me. I am still the queen of this weight class until uh, until it's, you know, I'm not on the world team for somebody beating me out for the spot. So uh, now she gets to go with uh, Kennedy Blades again. But, yeah, I, we were wondering if how much a month would help. I think you know, how much is another three or four weeks going to help going in the final X? Uh, I guess it's probably closer to two and a half, three weeks. But, you know, that's uh, she's close to being back to form. I, I still don't think she thinks she's 100 percent. I'd say she's probably 80, 85, um, whereas at the Open, she might have been 60, 65. I think there was a tremendous uh, return to form there. And, uh, you know, sometimes you got to sometimes you got to be smarter, you know, work smarter, not harder. Bruce Baumgartner said that it's like, you know, in his 30s, you know, trying to compete like he did when he was 22 just didn't work anymore. Uh, Granted, he didn't actually give birth, um, except for maybe those gigantic boulders that he calls shoulders. But, you know, Big Bruce, you know, talked about smarter, not harder. And that's a weight class where it's, again, smarter, not harder, regardless of if you're a man or a woman. There's a lot more uh, bodies to move when you're an upper weight. So, uh, again, I think uh, she's crafty. She's smart. She's got good coaches around her. Uh, she knows exactly how to wrestle her match and prepare and plan. And she had more time to do it this time. And I think another couple weeks and uh, Kennedy Blades is going to have to be very, very, very aware that uh, sometimes you know, you know, age is is better than youth just based on that experience factor. Yeah, I kind of like you were alluding to with with Adeline at the Open. The, you could tell the more reps she got, the more comfortable she looked, the more confident she became. And obviously, we saw you know a totally different Adeline this past weekend than we did with the Open. Makes me excited to see what are her and Blades going to do, right? Because Blades super young, super athletic, freakish speed, freakish strength. Adeline Gray, the grizzled veteran, she's been there, she's done that, and she's, like you mentioned, a few more weeks to just kind of relax, reevaluate. Now she only has to focus on one wrestler, right? Like at the U.S. Open, she had to go through Marilyn Didi, Kimber, Guilford, wrestled Blades in the finals last this past weekend, Skylar Grote, Kylie Welker, Diamond again. Um, now she's got two and a half weeks to scheme up some sort of game plan for just one wrestler. I wonder how much that will help Adeline Gray um, when it comes to seeing how she does at final X, um, you know, and at the same time, Kennedy blades get the same thing, right? Like she's, you know, she didn't have to wrestle last weekend. She's also got Mark Perry in her corner who has been fantastic when it comes to coaching women's wrestling the last few years. There's a lot to like about that matchup. Um, we'll touch on more on the final X matchups here coming up, but outside of Adeline gray, who else from the women's freestyle side impressed you this weekend? Well, you know, I was, <laughs> I, I wouldn't uh, sticking with the 76. This didn't impress me, but again, it was the, the, the diamond Guilford situation again. So this time Adeline got up big, wasn't, wasn't pressure, didn't fall behind, but diamond almost did it again in the semis against Mako And it was just like, wait, you're up nine, nothing. And you're, you got two cautions again with like a minute to go. And it was like, Oh no, please. And you know, she ended up, did take a shot, got, you know, and fought with front headlock positions and fighting uh, Mako attacks. But it was like, Oh boy, you almost like say you, you almost you could see it developing like oh no, not again. And it didn't happen again. And then uh, that was I guess kind of a a sigh of relief, I think, for every wrestling fan. <laughs> it's just like, oh, thankfully she didn't get DQ'd out of that match. I mean, she held on to win. Uh, Jakara Winchester looking pretty sharp. Uh did win, you know, was it was in a got a got a fall in a tie match in the semis, and then uh, Jen Page in a spot to where you know, her and Michaela Beck, that's that's going to be one of those matches that uh, I think it's a coin toss. I think it's going to go three. Uh, Jennifer Page was was a training partner at the 2012 
Olympic Games in London. Um, oddly enough, so was Adeline, so was Helen. So uh, there's a lot of you know veterans that have been around the scene. And, and Jen, again, she's got a junior world medal uh, or two, I believe, and she has been you know just right there, right there, right there. And it'd be you know, and it, that's a weight class where I'm not going to be upset if either wrestler wins. I'm jumping ahead to final X, but I think Jen Page wrestled well. Emma Bruntel. Uh, beats a very good Alex Glaude and and gets a shot at Final X again. Emma's somebody who's uh, come back from you know repeated injuries and decided to focus strictly on uh, you know training at the training center, not going back to the collegiate wrestling. Granted, it is freestyle. It's not like you've got to focus on freestyle there, but uh, you know seeing a, a fresh Emma Bruntel is going to cause some problems there too. So uh, feisty, fiery uh, student of the game. You know these are things I think every single winner at final at the the challenge tournament is going to provide a really really good final X matchup too. So I think uh, again I said last week that seventy six and everybody else that's we spent more time talking on seventy six, but uh, I don't see that. I didn't think there was a single bad performance by any of the champions for any, by any stretch of the imagination. And uh, you know Jakara. When she gets that, again, happy Joe Rao, you know, hungry, happy eating Joe Rao is fun to watch. Happy boogie down Jakara Winchester is so much fun to watch. So, you know, when she is having fun, she's she's going to win medals. No doubt. Um, and I wanted to give a, a specific shout out to Jen Page and Emma Bruntill because I know when guys switch weights in such a short amount of time like Zahid did, right, bumping up, um, we tend to make a little bit of a bigger deal about it. Two women switched weights, right? Jen Page went from the 62 Kalo uh, U.S. Open Finals, dropped to 59, won the World Team Trials. Now she's going to Final X. Emma Bruntill got to the finals of the U.S. Open, lost to Macy Kilty, right? That was at 65. Bumps up to 68 and wins the World Team Trials. Like those, those are not insignificant weight bumps either, and they both looked really, really good in doing it. Emma went tech, 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 outscored her opponents what 32 to two. Uh, Jen Page. Again, looked really, really good down at 59 kilos. Now they're both going to Final X after not being able to secure those spots at the U.S. Open. Um, we make a huge deal out of guys bumping weights, whether it's up or down in a short amount of time. Wanted to give the women their due as well because that is um, that's impressive, right? That's impressive, not just that they were able to do that and still perform at a high level, but you know, just the fact that I didn't get what I wanted here. What's the next best thing? I need to bump up. I need to bump down. I have a short amount of time to do it and be comfortable doing it. And, you know, now they're both going to Final X. And I thought that that was really, really impressive. Um, obviously, they're both really two talented high-level wrestlers. Um, but that's a hard thing to do. And I know that we would be making a much bigger deal about it if they were two guys that did it. So I wanted to make sure that we gave them their due for doing it as women because it is still, you know, we're talking the second best country in the world over the last quad and they have navigated their way to the final step of the senior world team trials process. So um, thought that was great. Um, I would say hats Greco? off, but my hairline's terrible. So <laughs> um, what about Greco? What'd you think? Interesting. Uh, there's some, there's some names that are coming back uh, that have made previous teams before. And then, you know, there's, there's veteran there's, of course we know there's veterans here, but I mean, just going out of this, I mean, I, again, we circle, we circle the old dudes, you know, <laughs> we circle the the Kikinos. We circle the Pat Smiths, the the Minnesota one. We 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 know Ildar Hafisov, and I mean, just there's not a whole lot of surprising surprises here if that is a thing. But uh, there's an opportunity for people to emerge. I, I think Zach Brannigal coming out of, of this weight class at 87 to to make final X. Okay, Illinois RTC. We know Brian Medlin knows his stuff. Uh, you know. 
Coon and Long, you know, Coon and Longendike. I mean, we got two just bruising heavyweights. I mean, Donnie Longendike once, uh, you know, White Bear Lake High School, Minnesota, once bagged my wife's groceries at the Cub Foods in White Bear Lake as a White Bear Lake wrestling fundraiser the summer he won Fargo. So uh, awesome. interesting story there. Yeah, he's he gets sick of that story because it's really the only story I have other than uh, the joke I made when he was at the D3 Nationals. I said he grew up in Vadness Heights, but he went to White Bear Lake. Go Bears. Uh, see if you can catch that movie reference. Speaking of Minnesota, Ryan Epps, Division Three representing Augsburg Augie. He wins it at 82, beating Ben Provisor, who's, you want to talk about grizzled veteran uh, and old dudes. Yeah, I mean, of course, Ben's you know still a decade younger than, than I am, but it's like, you know, we've got a youth movement meeting the old, you know, the, the old guard here. And it's, there's a lot of names that don't jump off the page that you hear. If you're just flipping through it, just looking, go at, but I'm mean, okay. What Dalton Duffield, is it your time now? I mean, you were, you were good at the age groups. You gave the college wrestling a go. You're, you've been focusing on Greco. Is it your time to step up here? Alex Sancho, you know, okay. You, you've got back to the point where you're, you're going to challenge for a team again, but you know, Pat Smith, you know, these are guys that I almost don't want to say anything stupid more than I've already said, because I really lack the insight right now on Greco, because I really don't know the state of the program. So I'm curious, the training situations, the what's going on in the Springs, uh, you know, the relationship with army W cap. I'm really kind of honestly, rather than say anything more that doesn't make sense in word salad, I just want to sit back and wonder what the hell is going to go on with Greco. How are we going to come out of this cycle after all the changeover we've changeover we've had and see, is there going to be any stability in the program? Are we going to have some guys win some matches? I mean, yeah, winning medals is great. Let's win some freaking matches first. That's the thing. We we can't be the draw like when you see and be like, all right, cool, we got Ecuador. You know, other people see the U.S. Oh, cool, it's Greco. We got the U.S. You know, when do we see Sweden next? You know, we got to be a threat. We, we won the world championship in 2007. We can do it. It's just what's going to happen. We're in a real state of transition that we know. And again, I just kind of want to sit back and observe what's going to happen here. Although... You do kind of root for the, like the old dude, although Kamal Bay is another is a tall order for for Kikinov, but uh, yeah, I am older, but he is in uh, like by like a couple months, but uh, he is in much much better shape. Yeah, um, no, he looked impressive, just like he looked impressive at the Open. Um, it was nice to see Alejandro Sancho um, get back after obviously a dispiriting performance at the U.S. Open, mostly because he went down to Joel Adams, but. Um, nice to see Adam Kuhn continue to wrestle at a really high level, excited for Dalton Duffield, um, excited really just, yeah. I mean, you mentioned the army W cap, um, looked really, really good. Just collectively at the world team trials, excited to kind of see what that means for final X. Cause I know that there's, there's just going to be a lot of W cap representatives there. So really excited to kind of see what happens. Um, I'm with you for the most part. I just kind of want to sit back and, and relax. And maybe this is where we bring in Timmy hands to, you know, really kind of break down the, the ins and outs for us, um, about what it'll mean moving forward. So, um, I know in recent months, um, just based on what I've been reading that he's been encouraged, um, or at least excited about some of the prospects that are going on. So, um, looking forward to kind of seeing what he thinks ahead of final X. Speaking of final X, the matchups are set all 10 weights for all three styles. What are you most looking forward to? Well, funny you mentioned that. Uh, let me think. There's, what, 30 weights, right? So uh, all 30, because, yeah, I'm on the microphone. <laughs> um, and that's the one thing that I love about it. So what I love about Final X, and 
just like the finals situations, like we just sat here and and basically admitted that our, our Greco knowledge is not where it should be, and or we're just we just it's it's harder to follow. We know that. What I love about these situations is when you've got the freestyle fans that are there and say there's a lull, and all of a sudden there's a big toss. There's 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 an athlete that gets on fire, and then all of a sudden. These these guys will have more fans, and they're like, ah, yes, you know, internationally they go over, and the the you know Greco is last in these these Eastern European countries that, that when we have the worlds and such over there, it was last at the European Championships in Croatia. I mean, there's there are more people showed up for Greco than they did for freestyle. So, um, you know, when they travel internationally, they're used to actually having people uh, cheer for them. Here in the United States, it's a little different. So, uh, I want what I'm excited for the Greco side of this to kind of you know put a cherry on top of uh you know. Again, the the word salad that uh, tastes really really bland is you know looking at the matchups again. Happy Joe Rao be a fan favorite. Pat Smith's got to wrestle a guy named Justice Scott who is not Scott Justice from Virginia Tech and Grundy uh, spelled the exact same way, just just wrong. I mean Hayden. I mean here's the thing. Let's, let's go back and look at some of these age group mentions that we can draw some experience on. We remember Hayden Tuma coming up. Let's let's focus. Oh yeah, that's the kid from Idaho. You know RP three. We've talked about Robert Perez being like a ne- the next level guy, the next guy coming through. Kamal Bay is a human highlight reel when he gets going. Spencer Woods and Ryan Epps. That's that's a story that's like okay, you got a D three guy and a kid from Alaska. Let's you know those are cool things. Alan Vera's from Cuba. You know again, happy Joe, fat Joe Rouse, happy Joe Rouse. I mean that's that's the guy I think you know is is the guy you want to root for. And then you got the big bullies that the heavyweights, the the fans know Schultz and Kuhn. So I think from a Greco perspective, there's a lot more to be interested in in the final X matchups because these are names they know, and you know you've got dynamic styles and matchups like okay this could be it i hopefully we're going to see more uh high level action than we will 2-1 because it's passive passive or you know 1-1 one, one passivities those are there's not very many of them but when they happen they make people hate it and freestyle's the same way oh you want freestyle to be yeah okay you had three instances of that granted you just don't want three instances of that in the final x so um, Greco, like again, I'm going to sit back and watch, but there's definitely some personalities I want to pay attention to there. The rest, you know, the I, men's and women's freestyle weights, they're all going to be good. They're all going to be exciting. They're all going to be. I mean, it's we've we're 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 so hot right now on the men's freestyle side of things. These are money matches. Every single one of them are money matches, and the women's matches. Every single one of them are money matches. You got. I think from the women's side, I'll start with them because you've got the young kids, Audrey Jimenez and, and Katie Gomez, going to take on some, oh, you know, world champ, world silvers right there, Hildebrandt and Parrish. It's like, yeah, whoa. Then right on away, the same point, right away. And bookending that, you've got Kennedy Blades and Adeline Gray, which we just talked about. So, uh, and then you've, you know, it's just, I, you know, I, I can name names, but honestly, when I get there at the Prudential Center and get to call out these athletes, this, that's, that's kind of like one of my Super Bowls. And, so it's just I, I have I've said it once I've said it a thousand times I don't care who wins, I just want to yeah. see crazy awesome action and I think we have thirty matchups that are going to provide that. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Um, I agree with you on the on the Greco side of things. I think these are our twenty guys that are going to let it fly. Um, points will be on the board, and that's I think the most exciting part. We'll see, um, you know, how many points ultimately get scored. I think it was Timmy Hands who. Um, you know, shout out to five point move again. He, he had the tweet that, um, you know, at 60 kilos, Dalton, uh, Dalton Roberts and Ildar Hafizov have wrestled each other in 11 bouts over an hour combined. 
um, across 11 separate matchups. So if there is a match where there's not going to be a lot of points, it might be the two guys that are like super, super familiar with each other. Then again, that could also mean that they light up the scoreboard. I guess we'll see ultimately what happens. Um, I love the the dynamic, like you mentioned, women's freestyle. Some of these younger girls, Audrey Jimenez, Katie Gomez, Kennedy Blades. I know Ahmed Elor swept three different world titles last year, and she would like to do it again, but she's still really, really young. Um, you know, wrestling the vets, right? And even for some of these girls or some of these women that maybe aren't super young, like a Jimenez or a Gomez or a Blades or an Elor, um, Emma Brunthill trying to break through. Macy Kilty looks like she's back to form. Can she break through? She's been so close. I mean, right? think about how good that we've had medals at that weight class multiple times. Like, and thing is, Macy Kilty's been right there. I mean, injury cuts it short. I mean, the the kid is to the. I mean, I I remember she was winning medals and world titles the age group levels, and she was just a bully out there. And I freaking love watching. You know, I, I just. I, channel my inner half baked reference killer kill and i'm talking about macy kilty yeah, kilty she's going yeah i just she's, when she's on fire kilty bombs those were great she can drop somebody on their head yeah so she's got mallory velty multiple times senior world medalist right so like hey let's see what she got um same thing with the dugo and kayla miracle um you know a dugo well credentialed at the collegiate level, she's done nothing but win national titles this year. Can she finally break through and, and you know make it make it a series against Kayla, who has figured out a lot of things on the international side of things the last few years? So after maybe struggling initially when she made her first few senior world teams, um, really excited to just kind of see those matchups. Um, senior men's freestyle, we know that there's going to be fireworks. There's always fireworks when it comes to senior men's freestyle. If I asked you to pick which weight specifically that you're most looking forward to out of the 10 when it comes to men's freestyle. Could you pick one? Snyder Cox. I like it. What makes you think this one will be different than maybe the, uh, the Ruta series that they had a couple years ago? Um, well, for, for lack of trying, I'm not trying to sound disrespectful, but, um, I want to see where fat, happy Jaden Cox is because we know <laughs> Joe Raskin. We've got we've got a very, very, very thick Jaden Cox right now, and I'm I'm curious on what that's going to bring uh, a little different look uh, to the party than he has with Kyle Snyder before. So I mean, uh, sadly, we missed out on the trials in 21 uh, with what happened there. We did see, you know, we saw the Rudis trial series, but I mean, that's you know the day before NCAAs. I mean. You know, what was on the line there? This is something a little different on the line. There's eventual, you know, world qualification, Olympic qualification on the line here uh, for the country. So, and setting yourself up for the Olympic trial. A lot more on the line here than than that, you know, the event that was awesome, the super match event was awesome with Rudis, but uh, nothing was on the line in terms of, yeah. you know, tangible things. So, uh, that's one. And I, you know, that's probably the one I, I, you know what, 92, Machiavello and Valencia. I mean, I know it's a non-Olympic weight, but I just think that one of those guys is going to make a team the senior level and represent the United States. That's going to be a cool story for them. That's exciting. Um, the David Taylor, Aaron Brooks dynamic, I think is going to be exciting. I know David Taylor is kind of the dude, but very clearly Aaron Brooks has been the dude at the age level. And, um, you know, clearly he is making strides when it comes to senior level competition as well. Um, excited to see Dake and all if I know Dake has taken it to him the last few times they've wrestled. I am really, really excited for Zane Tyler Berger. Tyler Berger looked great at the U S open. I know Zane 
finally figured it out, I guess, when it came to international stuff at last year's world championships, just went on a tear to make the finals. Um, I'm really just kind of curious to see where Berger stacks up there. Can he, can he make it interesting? I thought he looked really good at the open. Um, you know, how does he handle I, I feel like Zane at 70, just bigger, stronger than, you know, trying to suck down to 65. And that may have played a role into why he has looked really, really good at 70 kilos. So can Berger find a way to crack that? Can he make a series out of it? Obviously we touched on the all Cornell 61 final Yanni Nick Lee is going to be exciting. Um, man, I'm man. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. June 10th cannot get here fast enough. Um, any other final thoughts on world team trials challenge, upcoming final X things of that nature. I just, the research begins. I mean, it's not a whole lot of extra research that goes in for, you know, 60 athletes that, you know, you know, world championships. I've got about 900 to research, but, uh, it's going to be good. I've talked to Brian Hazard already. We're on the, we're on the microphone there at Prudential center. Again, uh, if you're not planning to go change your mind and go, okay, this is, this is a first class rest. This is a first class facility. It is a championship facility. Dylan Wanagale, the guy that's, uh, big time responsible about bringing this event to the Prudential Center. It is a it's it's a great facility. You know, there's good space underneath. The teams are going to be the athletes are going to be really really well taken care of down there. And then uh, there's not a bad spot in the house, giant video boards. This is a great sound system. So, I'm really excited for this facility to get a high level event like this because yeah, they are going to make a push for the NCAA championships at this building. Eventually, I think on the next bid cycle, but you know, this is a guy Dylan Wanagale has done time and time again, tried to put wrestling on these main event type of uh, arenas, Madison square garden. There's no bigger arena in the world in terms of prestige than that place. And he brought wrestling there multiple times. Now he's doing it across the river in Jersey at, at an NHL arena that's got the biggest vi- indoor video boards for, for a hockey size arena in the world. So uh, there's not going to be a bad viewing experience here. So if you've got it and it's a one day, yeah, it's going to be a long day. And then of course you get the beat the street stuff tied to it. So uh, there's going to be the beat the streets, you know, fundraiser gala kind of stuff with it. And, uh, you know, second straight year, it's not on a Thursday where we're wrestling, uh, we're not in the middle of the week or on a weekend. So get up there, eat, you know, I know, I know my East coast friends, you know, typically three hours is a little far to go here in the Midwest, six hours, ah, hop in the car and go. So, uh, yeah, you got mass transit there. You got, uh, you got the cars, you got the horns, you got the turnpike, you know, what exit let's go, let's get there. Yeah. Well, and New Jersey loves their wrestling. So I'm anticipating a very, very good crowd. I personally won't be there. Um, I'm excited to watch it, obviously, um, and I hope that uh, Flo gives the crowd um, its kudos because you know New Jersey loves their wrestling. The last time I was in New Jersey was uh, 2020 Big Ten Wrestling Championships at the Rack. Um, that was awesome. Like the crowds there were great. Iowa obviously travels really well. Penn State wasn't very far away. Rutgers showed up. Um, that was when uh, Sebastian Rivera won it, and then I think it was it Shane Sparks who was on the sideline at that point. New Jersey. It was really, really cool. Um, so here's hoping that the uh, New Jersey wrestling fans show out and show up like we know that they can. Yeah, that uh, weekend, the last weekend, college wrestling went on. <laughs> then we shut yeah, everything man, down. You're going to make me sad. You're going to make me sad. I think about the the NCAA tournament that didn't happen way more than I probably will ever admit publicly. I built the bar uh, behind me because of it. 
and it never got used for my after party because it didn't happen. That's such a bummer. Don't those, make, you're going to make me sad. Those Don't. tickets are right up there. <laughs> I've got the tickets. Anyway. Oh, that would make me sad. Um, handful of other news items from the last week. Um, couple of coaching things. I know we kind of teased it last week, um, but Obi Blanc hired Hayden Heidley as his assistant at North Dakota State, officially announced this week. Really, really cool for just one of the good guys uh, when it comes to wrestling as a whole, and especially the last few years at NC State, Hayden Heidley, um, you know, what, four or five-time All-American, depending on what... Depending on how you write it. <laughs> I always say four-time. I know you say five-time. I think you you do All-American and place winners. To there is, a, the again, I am, I am, I am, semantics matter. Words matter. Um... Anyway, but this is really cool, right? Um, this is really cool for a number of reasons. Hayden Eiley, again, just a really good dude. Pat Pop's coaching tree continues to expand with head coaches and assistants. Um, and I think also this is just a slam dunk hire for uh, for Obi Blanc in North Dakota State. Um, you know, when you can put a guy who has wrestled what middleweights and also what lighter heavyweights, I guess you can label 74 as or or heavier middleweights, I don't, I, I, whatever your definition is. Um, They're all lightweights to me, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, to have a guy who's got that kind of versatility and those credentials in the room, um, that's awesome, right? Like that's just, I think that's really cool for that program. Yeah, and uh, Hayden just recently released his last Pack Mentality Poppins podcast, which is a show on the Mad Talk Podcast Network. Uh, he's been the host since Brian Reinhardt, who was their former SID, stepped away, and then Hayden took the role. And he he sent me the files on uh, Thursday or Friday and said, "Hey, um, I'm going to uh, going to North Dakota State, but wait to release this until uh, the announcement comes out." So, kind of had that little nugget, and then of course in our in our live Discord chat, somebody dropped it in there like mid broadcast. We're like, "Yeah, we can't really," you know. They didn't ex- exactly say it, so yeah, thanks, Dylan. You almost threw that one. Uh, almost blew the whole thing up on that one because I will respect the wishes of the person who told me said things. Um, yeah, I'm gonna, you know, I, I do have a clip queued up if we want to play it, but uh, Hayden talks about what he's done uh, in wrestling. Whether you know he's done, he said he's done coaching. He said he's done ops. He said he's done broadcasting, and he said he's done. He's competed and you know done personal coaching and stuff. And he basically said that uh, you know wrestling coaching is the thing he wants to get be the best at. So. Uh, you can pick that up at mattalkonline.com uh, and look out for the Pack Mentality pod, Pop-Ins podcast. That's a lot of popping plosives for those who like alliteration uh, with Pat Popolizio. So, yeah, the pop filter is going preposterous of preponderance right now. So, yeah, that's what Hayden says. You know what? Let's see if this works. I'm curious if for our technology, if we can look. You like to load up clips when you when you uh, do post-processing on this. I'm going to see if the clip will load live. Let's see. Here's Hayden Hidley talking about what I just told you. I have... Uh decided to take an assistant coaching job at North Dakota State University. And uh, it's kind of one of those times in my life where I, f- I feel like there's so many things happening that I, yeah, you've, been, I, you've been through a lot. <laughs> I wish it would have been spread out a little bit more um, between getting engaged um, and uh, being presented an opportunity uh, to go work for Obi Blanc. It's uh, all happened in the same about week span. And, you know, it's, it's a, decision that I've, I've thought over for quite a while. And I've written down everything that goes into it. Um, at the end of the day, this is just a, uh, a big opportunity for me to develop as a coach and, and really, you know, 
help lead a program and improve them, you know, with all the things that I've learned at NC State over the past seven years. And when I told the guys, I just wanted them to know that me getting an opportunity like this is uh, just as much, you know, their work as it was mine and it was the other coaches here. Um, if it wasn't for this program and what it has made me, I don't know if I would ever be presented an opportunity like this. And so I've soaked in everything about this program over the last seven years and have uh, done some, done every part of, you know, wrestling that you can think of. I've competed as a teammate. I've helped coach. I've helped do this podcast. I've done broadcasting. I've done wrestling camps and, I think after doing all of that, I've I've realized that the thing I, I want to be best at is a wrestling coach, and uh, this is a unique opportunity for me to do that. Um, for somebody that has been a, a big inspiration in, in my life and has been a mentor for me, um, it's obviously very bittersweet to have to say goodbye to people like Pat and my brother. Um, you know, the guys that I've worked with over the past year, like Jackson and Ed and Faison, those guys have given me the confidence that I can be a great coach. Um, and so there's a lot of hard goodbyes to make, but this is something that I, uh, I believe in. And, you know, it's a, uh, it's a tough time to say goodbye, but, you know, these things happen in this, in the sport and business, like, you know, uh, too well. Wow. So I think he laid it out there pretty good. I, I forgot to mention the old engagement. I mean, that might be a tough sell on the uh, the fiance. Hey, you want to want to move to Fargo? Uh, that's funny. Um, no, that's awesome. That's awesome for him because I know that um, you know whether he wanted to continue wrestling at the senior level in freestyle, whether he wanted to continue you know diving into the podcast and broadcast arena. Um, ultimately, he decided to be a coach. No matter which way he would have ultimately decided to go. I feel like he would have been successful at it. So um, as somebody who is currently in the podcast realm, I'm excited. He um, is not going to kick my tail um, in that realm and that he went to go coach, but I'm also equally as excited for North Dakota state athletes for Obi Blanc to add a guy like this to his program. Um, I think it's only going to be only good things are going to come from this. Um, so also shout out to uh, want to give a shout out to North Dakota state and Fargo because of the chocolate milk. If you know, you know, um, Love that. Uh, love love the chocolate milk there at uh, campus in North Dakota State. Um, yeah, which dorm the, specifically? I don't know. Um, and the more I think about it, the more it's probably because like, oh, you just got done weighing in. You had a meal card. You get to go eat. The chocolate milk probably tastes better than it normally does because you just got done making weight. Um, but I don't care. Like that's every kid that I talk to knows that like the chocolate milk up in Fargo is like the best chocolate milk on the planet. So. Yeah, even even as somebody who doesn't deal with lactose very well, uh, I'm gonna concur. Yeah, I will, I will, I will make everybody miserable around me for a couple hours because that chocolate milk is uh, is pretty pretty tasty. Now, I do remember when we stayed in the the dining halls. We didn't stay in the dining hall. I spent a lot of time in the dining hall, but uh, we stayed in the dorms and uh, not the ones my niece and nephew stayed in either. We stayed there, and again, it was the first year I went out. It was a sweat box. I mean, you didn't have to worry about losing weight. All you had to do was go into the bathroom, and you're like, you like, you'd have to do your business. You just drop ten pounds just standing there. Uh, it was so hot, no AC in those dorms. But uh, yeah, we remember one day we had the tater tots. The next day we had tater tot casserole. I was like, wait a minute, we know what they're doing back there. So a little <laughs> lunch lady land out there. But yeah, Fargo. I think this will be my twenty third in a row if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken. Coming up. <laughs> 
But yeah, Fargo, and he, he texts me, he goes, well, any, any advice? You know, I'm like, uh, well, he said he's already gotten uh, underground parking. So that's a check and uh, parkas. But I said layering. It's not, you don't need a big coat. You just need a couple little coats on top of it and gloves. Um, snowblower, but he's got an apartment, doesn't got to plow anything. So uh, we're, we're good there. Fargo in the wintertime is not a place I really want to endure. I still, I still haven't been out there. I think November is the, is the, the coldest I've been out there. I went and did an interview with Bucky Mon and then covered a tech North Dakota state match. Uh, and of course did the interview at the turf because when you interview Bucky (laughs) Mon, you interview him at the turf because, uh, you know, he's the mayor of Fargo, but, uh, yeah. So I, the chocolate milk, I can, I can attest to that. I mean, I remember that. I remember those days. Granted, I was, uh, a young media professional. I would say professional in air quotes there, but yeah, early in my career, 19 years old, got an extra ticket to Fargo and that's how that all began. But yeah, I was uh, definitely like some kids were probably my age and I was sitting there, you know, on dorm duty that really worked. Every kid got out that night. I think everybody got out and broke curfew that night when I was on duty, but those are other Fargo stories we can tell when we get to that week. <laughs> um, other coaching moves, news. Um, Sam Schuyler from Iowa State officially joined uh, the Cyclone coaching staff as a graduate assistant. Um, he recently joined the Cyclone Regional Training Center. So um, having him on as a grad assistant, he has that. I mean, that's a dude that went from Buffalo to Iowa State and just completely jumped levels. Um, I thought he was All-American caliber this year at heavyweight at a very deep heavyweight field. Um, ultimately reached the blood round and lost to Trent Hilger, who's pretty good, right? Like multiple time, all American caliber. Good. Um, but yeah, Sam Skyler was right there. So there you go. Um, four. I, I don't know why I said, there you go and pointed. It's a podcast. Like I, I should probably, we do have the video component. If you are listening to in the room, uh, this is streamed live. Uh, we don't really give you much notice on when it is. Cause sometimes, uh, we try to go early today and then Cody's running behind on a story he was working on and, so I was like, all right, let's play the uh, the. You know, so basically, we had a, a, like a fifteen minute loop of this one song <laughs> before we actually went live. So that's what you got there. But uh, yeah, so if you are happen to be watching, yeah, I held up my fingers and went four like the four horsemen. I think I've got the sound to go with that. Uh, yeah, do I? Do I? Yes, yes. There we go. I got that one. I'm still working on in in in, in yeah. What's the word I'm looking for? Integrating uh, the sound effects to our live production because this is only our second live recording of. Uh, this show as we uh, we continue on, but yeah, the sight gags don't really work on the uh, the audio side of things. Yeah, so Trent Hilger, um, five time All American in JB's world, three time place winner, I suppose in my world. Um, so yeah, however you want to do that. Anyway, Sam Skyler joining grad assistant for Iowa State. This is also really good because they, um, you know, when it comes to heavyweight, um, I think it was Younger Bastida posted on his Instagram. Um, that he is officially bumping up. I know this was something that Kevin Dresser, Iowa State's coach, had alluded to a couple years ago that, you know, a guy like Younger with his just natural strength, his speed, his technique, um, if you bulk him up the right way, he could be a force at heavyweight just with how quick he's able to move. And obviously the guy is freakishly strong when it comes to some of his, like, you know, just the techniques that he's able to hit. Um, so, you know, they're going to trust Ben Durbin, the strength coach, to bulk him into heavyweight. Um, obviously is going to leave a hole at 97. So kind of curious to see what the cyclones will do there, but keeping Sam in the room, I think will help a guy like younger adjust to heavyweight. Um, it's also just going to help with other young guys in the room. I know Nate Schoen's there, Xavier Bruning's there. Um, you know, so you keep a guy like Sam around who obviously bought into the system that Iowa state has in place and it helped him tremendously. 
um, nothing but good things. So that's, that's exciting there for, for Iowa state, other coaching news, um, Maryland coach, Alex Clemson, this is a couple weeks old now agrees to an extension, a five-year contract extension. Um, another one of the good guys in the sport who is clearly, I think at least laying the groundwork for what's going to be a pretty good Maryland team here. I think sooner rather than later, they have shown signs that some of their younger guys are ready to come in and wrestle at a really high level right away. Um, and they've still got some other guys that I think are going to start joining the lineup here before too much longer. And, you know, I'm not saying that they could be like a top echelon big 10 team. Um, but no reason to think that they can't be one of those really entertaining teams and, you know, start putting some guys pretty deep into the NCAA tournament, perhaps even on the podium here before too much longer. What do you think of the Clemson hire or extension, I suppose? Well, one, I think it's your Missouri bias showing through considerably because uh, Clemson's <laughs> <laughs> Alex is a, uh, he's a Missouri native, uh, all American out in Edinburgh and, you know, has had good coaching stops. Now he's really shown that he can coach and he's starting to develop he's always been a good recruiter that's never been a question you know everywhere he's gone he's helped land big recruits and and name recruits and then take the mid-level recruit the guy that might be and be able to find the guy under the radar because you know he was that guy at at a program like edinburgh so he's lived that too he knows what it's like to be you know kind of like overlooked and say all right you know what got got that chip on your shoulder and go into a program that's a good wrestling program but you know alex has always said he's a big 10 coach and, he, and when he landed the Big Ten job, he's always acted like it. He's always believed in himself. And I think that is where a lot of the belief and the the turnaround is coming from, is when you have somebody that believes in themselves leading you, whether it's an athlete, but this is a younger coach. I mean, he's not that much younger than I am, but it's a younger coach in, in, in the landscape of college athletics. And a fiery coach, a, a guy that's not afraid to get into an official's ear. I know, I know a lot of officials. They've told me such. You know, he's a guy that's definitely gonna. He's gonna. And if you're an opposing fan and you're an opposing coach, oh, he's gonna grade on you so bad. So it just gives you that like he he can just rattle you too, just off with the little off the mat thing that's just gonna be. He's gonna he's gonna know how to dig that mental warfare behind you too. So he's got Dude, a lot of the mental him. game taken care of. I thought him and Bono were going to fight each other at the Big Ten Championships because that was back when I think it was Austin Gomez and, and one of the Miller brothers, um, illegal slam. Oh, yeah. Um, and just Bono was just heated out of his mind because that's another passionate coach. And obviously it's it's Austin Gomez, another really good guy in the sport against, you know, a younger, you know, one of the Miller brothers, one of the younger up and coming guys who you know, is going to do really, really good things for Maryland, but just really unfortunate situation. I think Gomez knew pretty quickly, like, oh shoot, like this is, you know, this isn't good, but Clemson and Bono, man, like they were about to throw hands on the mat when they, everything ended and they were walking off the mat. It looked like they were about, they they just continued to shout at each other. Um, Ultimately cooler heads prevailed and things were fine, but both of those guys, especially Clemson, I think that was the first time I had seen it up close that like, okay, this, this is a guy that's going to go to war for his guys. And if you're a wrestler in that room, in that program with a guy like that, that's the type of guy that you run through a wall for. So, um, yeah, I'm glad he's sticking around in the Big Ten. I'm excited to see what he continues to do with a Maryland program that, um, you know, maybe not quite sleeping giant, but there's always – I feel like there's always been an opportunity there for Maryland to have a, a, a competitive program. Well, they Clemson, did pop into the top 25 this year. They had that big win over Pitt to start the year. And, you know, they kind of rode that for a couple weeks, got upset. Uh, maybe it was a, maybe it was a little bit of a – 
I don't want to say premature because I do coordinate the coaches poll, but again, they got that ranking. They, they carried it. And again, Maryland had been ranked in a very long time. So it's a, it was a statement dual meet win. It showed that, okay, we're ready to compete with the top 10 team at a dual meet, you know, and you know, looking at the dual meet standings in the big 10 are always very, very deceptive because you can be ninth in the big 10 standings and be 12 and zero in non-conference action, blowing everybody away. I mean, again, it's, it is the, the premier conference in college wrestling. And when you've got to go through eight, nine dual meets a year against, you know, you're, you're one in seven in the conference and, and, you know, you're, you're what 13 and seven overall. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, and, and you could be right. You could be ninth in the conference and like 12th in the country in terms of dual meet rankings. So it's, you know, it's, it's hyper competitive and, you know, you got those guys that are, you know, de- you know, finishing eighth and ninth or in the, the, the play in tournament for lack of a better term for the extra bids in the, in the big 10 conference tournament sitting there in the blood round. So, I mean, again, top 10 in the big 10, you've got a really good shot of being top 10 in the country. Yeah, no doubt. So excited to see that he's sticking around in Maryland and, Excited to see what he continues to do with that program. Other notes that I had kind of on my in my notebook, I suppose. Um, Pennsylvania finally added high school girls wrestling officially. I believe they're number 39 nationally. So closing in on all 50. Um, about damn time. Right? Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so weird to know that Arkansas beat both Iowa and Pennsylvania to sanctioning girls high school wrestling. And Arkansas didn't even sad. have boys high school wrestling until like 2007. So, um, but the way Pennsylvania and the PIAA set out the way to get it done, okay, here's your path. And they wasted no time. And, uh, you know, my former coworker, Pat Tossi, uh, he was with the NWCA. He's now with uh, the Penn Manor School District as their uh, athletics director, uh, activities or athletics activities director. He's been he was big with boots on the ground with sanctioned PA, um, you know, as was John Mitchell and Lancaster. Brooks Zumas, uh, you know, I've known Brooks since, I don't know, 2005, 2006 ish. You know, she's uh, grew up around wrestling it was a Lehigh alum. She was very, very pivotal in helping get all of this sanctioned PA stuff going on. And, you know, it was special when we saw the 100 team hit and because that was their benchmark. They needed 100 sanctioned high school teams to say, OK, then we can put this up for a vote. And not surprisingly, the vote was unanimous. So and, and what I also like about where this is all coming from, it's like the Beat the Streets programs. And then, you know, there's there's the, the city schools like in Lancaster, where I used to live. You know, they've got all those kids. It's not just like the wrestling powers that have sanctioned it. I mean, it's like the J.P. McCaskies of the world, like the city schools in Lancaster that don't really have much wrestling tradition that, yeah, we're on board with this. Of course, you know, you've got your your Lehigh Valley teams, you know, your Parklands and such, your Eastons. And, you know, you've got the power athletes from those schools because, you know, older brother might've wrestled or they were in the kids club growing up. And now there's going to be the high school teams for all these girls to be like, yep. I always joke that, you know, nobody says my, you know, my grandma wrestled. Well, now you have just uncorked one of the best high school wrestling proving grounds on the boys side. Now for the girls, you think the coaching that Pennsylvania is just going to be that different. I mean, you've got all these great coaches in, in Pennsylvania, which is, you know, a lot. I was the very same way when you got all those, uh, college athletes that stick around and coach and teach Pennsylvania, very similar. So uh, they go back and they're teaching. And you know what? You've got the other half of the population to teach now. And that, it's not going to take them very long to be uh, be right there, like in Fargo, with uh, the challenge in the Californias of the world who've had the girls wrestling you know, tree a lot longer than Pennsylvania has. But uh, won't take PA long. And uh, 
congratulations to everybody that had a hand in that. I know I'm forgetting some names and, and you know, not mean to short anybody, but I, I know those, those individuals have had a lot to do with it in the PIAA for laying out the roadmap. And here's the thing, the patience of people, not just getting all mad and rabble rousing. Cause it wasn't, you know, okay, we get, we have a policy. They stuck to the policy and they followed the policy to do it. And they did it quick, which is also a blueprint for every other state in the country to say, Hey, the other, whoever's left, Look, Pennsylvania gave you this benchmark. They did it. And then, you know, then you get your are your Arkansas of the world that didn't have wrestling, you know, over a decade ago. They did it. There is no excuse for any state in this country not to have boys and girls wrestling sanctioned. Yeah. Um, I always revert back to the the, the Terry Steiner quote. Um, you know, if one. you truly if you truly believe in all the values and you firmly believe in you know how great of a sport that wrestling is why do you only want to teach it to half the population um it's exciting that pennsylvania is finally on board a year after iowa finally jumped on board i know that their their battles to get high school girls wrestling officially added as an official sport um different but similar um you know pennsylvania had a plan iowa didn't really have a plan they just really wanted to make enough noise and kind of show that this thing was coming whether or not the girls union liked it or not um, I was also super unique in that there's two different high school governing bodies, only state in the country that I believe has that. Um, so that just made things a little bit more difficult. Um, but similar to, you know, Pennsylvania, Iowa figured out a way to create enough noise um, that the girls union simply couldn't ignore it anymore. And they got to it quick. Um, Pennsylvania, obviously, they, they said what they had to do. And those, uh, the, you know, the, the folks on the ground went to work immediately and, and got it done. So I'm excited that, you know, back to back years, these these two rustling rich states have finally joined the cause. Um, you know, and if and if Iowa is any sort of indication about what could potentially happen in Pennsylvania, right? Um, Pennsylvania girls are going to be coming. They're going to be coming quick because um, Iowa, you know, the summer before the first official Iowa girls high school wrestling season, Iowa won the 16 U team title at the national championships. Um, in Fargo last summer, which was really exciting. First time that's ever happened. They had eight All-Americans. They had a national champion, Molly Allen, had a finalist in Skylar Slade, who at the time was an eighth grader. Um, that's in Iowa. Like Pennsylvania is just as good, just as talent rich. How long is it going to be before we see Pennsylvania girls go into Fargo and just whipping a bunch of tail? Um, I feel like we already see a handful of them at, say, like the women's national championships. We've probably already seen a handful of them at Fargo the last couple years. Um, it won't be long now before they, they join the likes of Iowa and Washington and Texas and California and, you know, these other girls wrestling superpower states, um, which is really exciting because we obviously know how good the boys are um, when it comes to Pennsylvania wrestling. Um, really excited about that. One of the last things I had on my list, um, our guy, Rich Perry, got some love from the New York Times. Um, believe it was, uh, let me see if I can pull up the author here. I might butcher the name, Jerry Longman. New York Times, long profile of Rich Perry um, after his uh, his accident that quite literally almost took his life and uh, obviously detailed his return to the mat in various capacities. Just really, really cool when wrestling gets a platform like the New York Times or a platform like, you know, other major media news outlets like this. Um, and is there any other better guy or better story to share than that of Rich Perry and everything he's been through the last few years? I mean, phenomenally written story, um, you know, but I'm sure you can relate to this too. When you have a story as great as that, you just, as, as the journalist that puts the story together, you just kind of step out of the way and let the story tell itself. Right. And I felt like, uh, Jerry Longman did that here in the New York times and 
just really awesome story on Rich Perry. And I'm really glad that it got the platform that a New York Times provides to be able to share it with more of the masses, especially coming up on an Olympic year, just driving more interest into the sport before it gets to the biggest stage that the sport has to offer. Yeah. And, and Richard was a, was a great story without the accident going in. I mean, this is a guy that was, you know, Connecticut guy. I mean, you know, to hear him tell the story about why he chose Bloomsburg, it's because Sacred Heart didn't recruit him because you know, it's like, I want to go, go to the school that beat Sacred Heart the worst last year. And he looked up, I think that the story he told was, it was, a. I think they beat uh, Sacred Heart 41 to six or something. So he goes, I'm going to go to Bloomsburg. And, you know, it was a high seat at nationals one year, never hit the podium at the NCAAs, got upset. But then again, uh, his, the things were overcomer. That's what they call, you know, he's like, I'm going to overcome this. Then, you know, um, Kale Sanderson's comeback began at the Northeast regionals in 2011. Who did he have to, who did he beat the dog crap out? Richard Perry, who at the time I remember I've got the video. I put it up at USA wrestling. Who the heck? I think he even wrote it. Richard Petty. The first time I even saw it too. Cause maybe I was thinking NASCAR or like, or it was wrong in the bracket or something like, again, I remember I was like, okay, the first time I remember hearing about this guy, Kale Sanderson is, is on his comeback tour unannounced. And it's like, yep. Yep. And then, you get to see him coming through. He's coming through. He's coming. He's like, hey, this that's the Bloomsburg kid. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's on the he's on the cusp of potentially making. I mean, you know, his college accolades aren't there, but his desire, his drive is determined. I mean, like he was talked about the coaches say he was the most coachable guy they've ever seen. He just the leaps and jumps he was making. And then, you know, the freak accident that happens at, you know, at what's supposed to be a fun thing and overcomer yet again. I mean, he could not be walking. He, you know, he could have been still in a bed somewhere. I mean, the fact that he's standing up talking is nothing short of a miracle right there, let alone, you know, there was a video when he, he went to the training center one. I mean, he's war he's, he's running with the team warming up. And I'm like, I, you know, it's like, I cry when the ending of all dogs go to heaven. Um, when Helen Marulis was on the, the podium at the Olympics, uh, and you know, and you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit it, but that's one of those things when I remember seeing that video, I'm like, the cutting of the onions. Like I'm not crying. You're crying. Yeah. Like this is the, the, this is a remarkable human being and overcomer. I think doesn't even tell the story of really what I think it actually undersells what he is and what he's doing. So, uh, yeah, props to New York times. I've, I've tried to go back and read it several times, but I keep getting the, uh, you've reached your f limit of free articles. So I'm going to have to, to do things. I'm going to have to find a way around a paywall. Cause I do, I do subscribe to the times for the, uh, the, the crossword in the world, but not all of the stories. So I got, I got it the first time through, I want to go back and reread it and, and kind of just kind of dissect all that went into this. But yeah, as, as, as a story goes and as a journalist goes, I mean, there's, I'm wondering how much stuff got left out of this. That would have been its own story in itself too. the stuff that's left on the proverbial cutting room floor on something like this is nuts. So, uh, I mean, this, this guy's life is a movie. It was, I think his life, it, this, this was a life. It was a book or a movie before again, the accident. And then now here's a, the turn for the worst that, I mean, he, a lot of people, you probably shouldn't be alive right now, but he is, that is just, it's just baffling to me. Um, how he's just doing this again. So congrats to, you know, his, uh, his effort and his recovery and his family. I know that Gina has been a big part of that. She's been involved in the beat the streets organization too. And, you know, got some mutual friends back in Lancaster. So there's, there's some ties there that I've, I've been able to, to, to see how that's been going a little bit. And it's just, uh, 
I really can't put in words what this story actually kind of encompasses. Really, I mean, it's, it just we know it, and then just see it again and relive it, and re, re you know you're pulling things out that you had never even heard before. It's quite remarkable. So uh, NewYorkTimes.com, hit the Olympics tab. Worth your read. It was in the newsletter, but uh, it, check out. We'll probably have to retweet this. Uh, we'll probably retweet it when the show's over. Why not? So let's see. Might as well let's see. Copy, paste. Let's do it right now. Let's do some bad podcasting. Twitter. <laughs> uh, paste. I'm just going to just paste the link because that's all you need to do. I just, do you it. know, I like to do um, is like read, period. Boom. I will put. I will put Tweet. a link to the story in the show notes. So if you're listening to the audio version, be sure to scroll there down there and click on it yourself. Um, tremendous read, tremendous story. Um, and Rich Perry, just an absolute inspiration, not just for wrestlers, but athletes and just people in general, just an amazing human being. Um, that just so happens to have one hell of a hell of a story um, that us wrestling fans can, you know, easy for us to get into, but I hope more than just wrestling people check it out and pay attention. Um, Last thing I had on my list, um, Mijan Lopez, four-time Olympic gold medalist from Cuba in Greco, is coming back for a fifth. Any, any, I mean, he's already like the goat, and now he just wants to like do it again for fun. I guess he must uh, really, really hate Riza Kyle. <laughs> he must really want to keep that guy from winning an Olympic gold. Ooh. Um, I, maybe I, he's 40. He's going to be 41 by the time Paris rolls. August around. 20th, 1982 is his published birthday. Yeah. He's yeah, a Leo. Um, just I like one, I like, I, this is probably a dumb question because he's done it four times already, but like, can he do it again? And two, like, what would it mean? Who is five? going to turn him? Who is going to push him out of bounds? He's the know. most <laughs> massive. I mean, he he's he's not the biggest man I've ever, but he's the biggest man in that weight class. I mean, De- Deli Lu was like six foot eight from China, but he wasn't like, you know, uh, gee, I, I gave Lopez a shirt one year. We were at the World Championships in Moscow. This is before wrestling shirt a day. I took a bunch of shirts over to kind of offload out of my collection. So at one point, I think they're, uh, I think one of the, um, the uh, oh, I think it was, um, Rizzi Yazdani was walking around wearing a University of Great Balls shirt that I'd given him. And then here comes Lopez walking down the elevator. Uh, I think he was walking down the elevator. No, he's coming down the elevator. He's got a butt, one of the Bucknell wrestling shirts that I gave him because I had a bunch of two X's. And of course, he's not going to fit into a one X. Like, there you go. You know, and I see him walking around, I take a picture of it. And I send it to Dave Hoffman, who's coaching with at Bucknell at the time. I go, you know, you know who's that? He goes, uh, this uh, X time world champion. Um, yeah, and Lopez hopping us. Got any eligibility left? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so Lopez, um, you know, I know my, my broken Spanish, I will always point to him and go, Cupleanos, and he remembers me because, again, the same birthday thing. But, uh, he must really hate Riza Kyle. I just want to think, who's going to beat this man? I mean, without a bat or a weapon of some sort or a, a briefcase. I, uh, maybe if there's, I, if, you know, if somebody is just a touch faster than him, but even then he's so strong that once he gets his hands on you, which obviously in Greco is immediately, I don't see it. Um, you know, and I think it was, it was, I, we mentioned earlier, Olenowski, um, still want to give him a shout out, but UWW, they wrote the story ahead of the Tokyo Olympics. It was Tim Foley actually. So shout out to Tim Foley, Mijan Lopez, too big to fail. Um, I would argue until we see anything otherwise that he is probably still too big to fail and really excited to just see the run up and, 
you know, what we presume to be a fifth Olympic gold medal for him in Greco-Roman, which is just insane given how good athletes are and especially Greco-Roman athletes are internationally nowadays. So he must um, also not like Oscar Pino Hines either. His countryman who's won multiple medals in his uh, in his absence is like, no, <laughs> you can. Like, this is why Yasmani Acosta Fernandez went to Chile because I'm sick of being third string here. I'm third in the world and I'm third in frickin Cuba. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't like USA is going through something like that when it comes to men's freestyle. There's a lot of really good guys who get stuck in a very crowded ladder because they can't knock off JB or Dake or David Taylor, or, you know, Kyle Snyder or whoever the case may be. Yeah, like if I'm that. the NFL, I'm looking, I'm going to Cuba and looking for D linemen because they've put three gigantic medal winners out there. In the NFL like, has a uh, international pathway program now. Like I think it was one of the members of the Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. Um, he got a ton of Samoans in the NFL. So let's do Yeah. Like he came, he came out playing rugby and then they were just like, yeah, you can play offensive guard. And so they just spent a few years coaching him up and plug and play. Boom. He's in the Super Bowl. So, (laughs) and these giant punters they're bringing over from Australia. It's like, wait, that guy's like six, six two ninety. He's punting the ball. Yeah. Like him on kickoff coverage. What was the other guy? Oh, the line from uh, this movie's probably, older than you necessary roughness you know big nanu nanu the slender he's like yes all the men in my family are very large <laughs> it's just <laughs> giant samoan <laughs> yeah oh that's funny that's on that I note on yeah we got the, the scott bacula kathy ireland reference of the show there you go for that, those that of you over 40 means, that probably means it's uh a good place to end i suppose i don't have anything else on my list you got anything else you want to touch on before we head out no, once again, you can check us out on the uh, the platforms. I like that EJ uh, Newton has been out there. Uh, check us out on YouTube. We've got the Discord chat, mattalkonline.com slash Discord to uh, jump into the hashtag Speakeasy Live channel. Uh, not very prevalent this week, but you see it down there on the bottom of the screen if you are watching live. Comments will be thrown up there uh, when appropriate and, and such. So uh, that's what I've got as far as the live streaming side goes. Check us out on Twitter, and uh, it's on it's on the Matt, my Facebook and uh, shared over to the Mad Talk Online side of things. Also on the Mad Talk Podcast Network. Now you can find in the room on the on the main page uh, with uh, with the glorious uh, whatever move he was just doing there. So uh, I'm going to finish up my shirt, uh, wrestling shirt today. I've started with like homing, went with life women's wrestling. Now I'm going to go with life men's wrestling after we're done. So that's all I've got on this side of things from uh, new Brighton, Minnesota, where the weather is tweeted at you at nine 30 every morning at Jason M. Bryant. Oh, as you're, if you're listening to this, the audio version, be sure to rate and review the show, wherever you listen to your podcast, subscribe to the Des Moines register. Don't want you guys to miss any of our wrestling coverage. Coming up through the spring and summer months, you can find links to do all of that, to connect with Jason Bryant, to connect with me, as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. Thanks again for listening, you guys. We will talk again soon. 